usually ensure the fold before you buy it or yeah. in the in that moment. Um, so then you're highly susceptible to, to fraud. Mm. Uh, but we developed something called a crack screen detector. So when you become a customer, we ask you to hold your phone in front of a mirror. And then we have a QR code on the screen. And when the front camera can read its own reflection, it will automatically scan the screen for cracks. Uh, and you have to do that before you become uh, to activate your insurance, and that enables us to have 100% self-service claims handling. So we don't have any claims handlers in Tillit. Uh -huh. So after you have gotten your insurance approved, you can just we use local workshops. So in Norway we have 80 around 80 workshops now. So if you break your screen, for example, you can just choose a workshop next to you or 100 meters down the street. Uh, and, and they will get the notice that you will come with your phone with this damage uh, and fix it. So, so it's highly efficient that way. Yeah. And we also take yeah, we handle the fraud cases up front before you becoming a customer. So, that, so in yeah, so till it doesn't actually need like any employees at the moment. Like we don't. <laughs> it's just a self-functioning system. That's pretty cool. And that allows us to take that small margin instead of like the big one. So, Hello, my name is Chris. I'm head of content at Nordic Fintech Magazine. Think insurance is a boring analog paper heavy business with a static business model and predictably poor customer service? Well, until recently, so did we. But as it turns out, InsureTech is gushing with innovation on all areas of the insurance value chain. In our recent trip to the Norwegian capital of Oslo, we had a surprising encounter with Eric Skar, CEO and founder at Tillit. And we say it was surprising because we were stopped cold on our tracks by the astonishing level of innovation Tillit is wielding. Think entirely automated claims processes through software used on drones to detect cracks on bridges, repurposed to identify cracks on phones and screens, or some really advanced risk models used to defer risk across all policyholders and offer dynamic pricing that fluctuates on a monthly basis based on how much risk the company is able to spread. Eric and his co-founder, having worked in insurance prior to becoming entrepreneurs, witnessed firsthand the many inefficiencies in the industry and how poorly customers were generally treated. They set out to change this with smart technology and unconventional thinking. This is one of our favorite interviews and we think it'll be one of yours too. Eric, uh, thank you so much for coming and spending time with us. It's great to meet you. Yeah, likewise. Okay, so let's just get started. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, so my name is uh, Eric Skor and I'm the co-founder and CEO of a insurtech company called Tillit. Mm -hmm. um, so we started up in 2017 or barely started up, mm -hmm. but we got our approval from the regulatory uh, government in 2021 so we launched last year okay so our first product was mobile insurance or mobile phone insurance mm -hmm. so we have a pretty young audience mm -hmm. like our median age is 25 okay. and our modus is 20 so it's probably the youngest insurance target of any company out there right um okay so tell us a little bit about till it's uh, value proposition and and what what problem is it addressing in the market that perhaps the other insurance companies are not covering? Yeah, so before I started Tillit, I worked in an insurance company mm -hmm. 
and there me and a colleague saw that there was the insurance industry was very inefficient mm -hmm. and that the customers were generally treated quite poorly right. uh, so so we, we started thinking about okay maybe we could create a, a digital service that would be much more customer friendly but we, we saw that there was a conflict of interest mm -hmm. in insurance as a product mm -hmm. so the customer or the, the company doesn't want the customers to file claims and that's basically why you buy insurance so uh, we came up with a model that we call uh, dynamic premiums uh -huh. uh, which means it's kind of like a mortgage uh, for a house but when you buy an insurance at Tillit you can choose between a fixed premium and a dynamic premium mm -hmm. uh, and that dynamic premium can change slightly based on collective claims so uh, that enables us to, to price the product much lower mm -hmm. due to the fact that we're actually delegating a tiny bit of risk onto all our customers so if you have 100,000 customers, we can change their premiums within one or two months uh, if you have priced the product wrong, for example. Uh -huh. So that means that like the, the risk premium can be much lower from our part. Yes. And the customer also knows that uh, until it 80% of the premiums goes to actual claims. Mm -hmm. So if we have a lower uh, claim uh, loss ratio than 80, then we will lower our premiums the following month. So. So you can still choose the fixed premium and that will work like any other insurance company, but mm -hmm. usually the dynamic premium is like 25 to 30% uh, cheaper. Uh -huh. So it's kind of yeah, it's kind of like spot price on electricity or like uh, floating interest in, in mortgage. Right. So so the dynamic rate I as a, as a as a user also assume a tiny bit of risk yeah. but that's distributed through all your user base. Yeah. So in a mobile yeah, so if you buy mobile insurance uh, till it it will probably cost uh, like 4 or 5 euros. Mm -hmm. uh, and then it can be like if you have 4 in April then in May you might get uh, four and a half euros or three and a half for example. So so the changes is very minor to each and every customer mm -hmm. but for us as a company it's major. So Wow. Uh, and that also opens up for interaction with uh, with the customer, so you can start interacting. Like we give discounts based on uh, days without claims um, and different stuff like that. So you can interact with them in a much higher uh, frequency than you would you would uh, use in a in a traditional insurance company where you have a renewal every year. So. Oh, that's, that's really interesting. And what's what's the proportion of customers that you see taking the? Ninety-four percent have dynamic premium. Ninety-four have dynamic, yeah. right? So okay. if you give them the option to pay four euros or, or six euros, ninety-four percent choose four. <laughs> right. So right. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is very it's very interesting. Okay. Um, so. I want to talk a little bit about regulation because we know that insurance and insurtech is, is one of the most regulated industries and therefore regulation has always been like a barrier for entry into the industry. So what changes have you seen in the regulatory environment in Norway and that the Nordics in general that perhaps are removing or making those barriers to entry a little bit more lax for, for companies to enter this space? Yeah, so in insurance, at least in Norway, we haven't seen much change. Mm -hmm. Like like I mentioned in the beginning, we we started in 2017 and then launched in 2021. Yeah. So we had like four years yeah. uh, of trying to, to get there. So uh, yeah, so it's it's quite difficult when you're starting insurtech because you have to 
you have to do everything that other startups have to do, like raise money and build a team and stuff like that. But then you also have to either become an insurance company or work together with an insurance company. Mm -hmm. And that usually involves great risk and lower margin that they are used to. So, so for our part, that yeah, so we used like 2018 and 2019 to get an insurance partner and an investor. So we have Shipstead as our biggest investor, mm -hmm. which is the biggest media company in Norway. Uh, and they and yeah, and then we used three. I think we used 354 days to get an approval as an agent wow. in Norway. Right. So, uh, mm. but I haven't seen that much change. But one thing that might have changed is that we see more like white label insurance companies out there so or, or companies that have a license and that are willing to to work with you uh, right. in, a, in a bigger degree so okay. if you go to trig or any of the big companies they will usually not want to work with you mm -hmm. so so it's probably easier now due to the fact that you have smaller insurance companies that are willing to, to work with insurtechs. Yeah, and I would say presumably also it's because you are managing to sell insurance to a demographic that the traditional insurance companies don't really, can't, can't really attract, right? Yeah, but, but they generally aren't that interested in them either. So yeah. I've seen like the, the, the best customer is 50 years old. Right. That's like the cream of the crop. So uh, for our part, selling phone insurance to 18, 19 year olds, that's mm -hmm. not necessarily a very attractive case mm -hmm. uh, to a traditional insurance company. But we have proven that we do it very profitably right. uh, and that the risk with the dynamic premiums is extremely low because mm -hmm. we can just change the premiums if anything is wrong. So mm -hmm. so for our part, one of the reasons choosing like mobile or phone insurance uh, was that it was the, the product that no insurance company wanted to, to take. So yeah. we, started, we, we, start, we tried pitching car insurance to them. Mm -hmm. And we saw that they're not interested in insurtechs like attacking their uh, golden cow. Mm. So, but if you take a product that like phone insurance, where you have a huge amount of fraud and and uh, handling the claim manually is not uh, feasible, mm -hmm. uh, so so for our part that worked. Like going that direction, going after the things that the traditional companies don't right. like. And and with the dynamic pricing, is is that something that you could scale down to other products that perhaps uh, like, yes. like? So we're scaling it now. We launched like home insurance now or renters insurance. Mm -hmm. So we use we use it there. We don't have the same claims frequency as you have in phone insurance, so mm -hmm. it's not that as efficient. Uh, but car insurance, pet insurance, stuff like that, mm -hmm. where you have uh, risk profiles that are changing very rapidly. Mm -hmm. You could absolutely use dynamic premiums in a very exciting way. Right. Yeah. Now, um, tell me a little bit about the challenges that you've experienced in bringing a product to market to perhaps a, a target uh, market that is traditionally not prone to buying insurance. Yeah, so, so we started out with just social media ads and we saw that that became very expensive. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to convert someone with a, with an ad to buy insurance, that's extremely expensive. Right. So uh, uh, we, we last year or in the autumn last year, we launched a referral program, mm -hmm. which was very attractive. And we had, um, we gave away uh, AirPods. Mm -hmm. So we had to like uh, refer four or three or four friends. Yeah. I think it was four. Uh, and then you get the free pair of AirPods. Right. And that went viral. So 
Okay. Yeah, so we were number two in App Store in Norway, uh, above Spotify and Netflix wow. for an insurance app. That's pretty insane. Yeah. Uh, but this became too expensive, so we had right. to cut it out. But yeah, in January we got more customers than we got in the whole of 2021 based on that referral program. Uh -huh. So. So that's one way to attract a young audience, but uh, it's usually pretty hard. Yeah. So we, we are also working with embedded insurance now mm -hmm. and trying to embed uh, renters insurance into to companies that work in the, the property space. Right. Um, so we think embedded insurance is probably more familiar to the younger audience, mm -hmm. um, but it's also a brand thing. So you can. If you brand it the right way, it's much easier to also distribute to the younger customers. Right. Now, tell me a little bit about how is Tillit is using technology to perhaps um, re remove risk out of the, the whole insurance process and also improve the claims process and the customer experience overall. Yeah. So, in when it comes to mobile insurance, so we insure. We're probably one of two companies in the world that insure post port post-purchase phones, or uh -huh. what we call post-purchase phones, so a phone that has been purchased uh, and then insured after 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 that. You usually insure the phone before you buy it or yeah. in the in that moment. Um, so then you're highly susceptible to, to fraud, mm -hmm. uh, but we developed something we call a crack screen detector. So when you become a customer, we ask you to hold your phone in front of a mirror and then we have a QR code on the screen, and when the front camera can read its own reflection, it will automatically scan the screen for cracks. Uh, and you have to do that before you become to activate your insurance. And that enables us to have 100% self-service claims handling. So we don't have any claims handlers in Tillit. Uh -huh. So after you have gotten your insurance approved, you can just, we use local workshops. So in Norway, we have 80, around 80 workshops now. So if you break your screen, for example, you can just choose a workshop next to you or 100 meters down the street uh, and, and they will get the notice that you will come with your phone with this damage uh, and fix it. So so it's highly efficient that way. Yeah. And we also take, yeah, we handle the fraud cases up front before you're becoming a customer. So, that, so, in, yeah, so till it doesn't actually need like any employees at the moment, like with a, it's just a self functioning system so that's pretty cool and that allows us to take that small margin instead of like the big one so pretty good yeah i would say that's really really amazing yeah that's pretty cool so so, so tell me everybody how how did you go about solving that problem using the qr code it, it, is that something that that you develop internally or, or yeah that's something we developed internally we know that one Chinese company have a patent for it, I think, or kind of. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm not sure if I remember how we started. We, we worked with it for a very long time as a gimmick because we had a new employee who needed to learn some stuff. So we didn't want to set him up to, or uh, he's a new programmer. So we gave him the task of start, starting on working with that. Mm -hmm. So we probably spent almost a year just standing in front of mirrors and just <laughs> scanning the screens. So that was pretty wild. Uh, I think we have like 10,000 images of him standing with the screen. Um, but yeah, I think we just came up with it and just tried it out. And then it, we have gradually improved it. So now it works pretty well. 
so yeah, we 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 read some science reports on um, on companies that that detects cracks in concrete bridges. Uh -huh. They use them. And they use uh, cameras that like, are always filming the bridges yeah. and looking for cracks, and they use different filters and stuff like that. So we started applying that to finding cracks in the screen, because <laughs> depending on the way you hold your phone and stuff like that, it's pretty difficult. And also, <laughs> it's, a, it's a whole science with uh, reflection and mirroring things. Yes. Because when you, when you take a picture of a reflection, you will get two pictures above each other mm -hmm. uh, slightly. So that can disturb it as well. So. It gets pretty nerdy when you start like going deep. I, I'm I'm truly blown away. You can probably see it in my face. Yeah. This is really really cool. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, we're really good at mobile phones. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Um, now, um, let's talk a little bit about the opportunities that you see in the market existing from from open data. Uh, as, as an insurance company, you, you probably data is always one of the you know, the core the, the core inputs to to how you quotes and create policies. Um, how do you think the insurance industry will change as open data becomes more of a of a mainstream sort of thing? Yeah, it, it depends on how it will become open or if the companies will open up for it. I'm not quite sure how the regulatory situation there is. Mm. But we also see a lot of new data uh, using other types of data than the traditional companies have done. Mm -hmm. So. We, we're using quite a bit of new data on our home or our renter's insurance, mm -hmm. uh, but that's yeah, we, still we haven't we launched that two months ago, so we haven't gotten enough data to see if it actually has any meaning. But mm. uh, I think that the traditional companies have like they have, it's not much data that they collect, so at, like, why why stop? with like five questions why not have 50 questions right. and then if you can save the customer money then he will answer happily so yeah. mm. and just also yeah you can also track interactions and especially fraud I think the way you file a claim for mm -hmm. example if you read your how many times you read your uh, uh, your insurance papers before you file the claim Mm -hmm. uh, for example, so you can track a lot of behavior that way. Mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to like traditional open data, like we're seeing in like banking, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm 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 not so sure about it. Right. Yeah. When we when we speak to insurance companies, we hear that very often one of the main challenges that they have, or one of the the perceived challenges that their customers have, is the issue of transparency. Yeah. So how how is Tillit dealing with with this whole issue of transparency that has traditionally existed within the industry. Yeah, so we have uh, something we call, uh, like with the dy dynamic premiums, we have something we call a 2080 model where we use 80% of the premiums on claims. So that's mm -hmm. a form of transparency where the customer knows where their money is going. Um, but transparency is very difficult in insurance because mm -hmm. it's pretty much based on uh, the fact that it's not transparent. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think the branding-wise, I think the larger insurance companies and every everyone in the industry needs to open up. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be hard to have a, a valuable brand and also 
not be transparent on how you price products and uh, and where the premiums are actually going, like how much is being paid out back to the customers. Mm. Uh, so I think uh, I think we will see more and more transparency. I don't think. It's like if you if you want to have the customer do self-service and do things themselves, they need a certain level of transparency yeah. to bother. Right. Yeah, they need to understand what they're basically. Uh, yeah, what they're doing. And, uh, yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, now you mentioned earlier that there's some exciting opportunities uh, about using dynamic uh, mm. dynamic pricing. Uh, um, can you tell us a little bit about what we can expect to see from Chile in the next two to three years and whether you're planning to expand the products on which do you apply this type of uh, yeah. pricing? So we're looking at car insurance and, and pet insurance. Yeah. Those are the two products where we're really great at insuring like single objects. So like scaling from mobile phones to cars or pets. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not that difficult for our part, uh, but uh, so, so that's a part of the strategy and also growing in age with the customers like now we have very young customers mm -hmm. uh, with phone insurance and with renters insurance we went a bit up so uh, from 16 to, to 25 to, to 20 to 30 maybe mm -hmm. uh, and now with uh, pet and, and car insurance we are going also a bit up in age uh, but, but our plan is working like what we have seen now in the insurance or insure tech industry is with Lemonade and, and, and Root and Hippo and other companies is that uh, the valuation has gone down very strongly. So mm. we have a bit, uh, quite a steep fall in the valuation. Right. So we have seen that maybe we should focus on, on cost-effective distribution. Mm -hmm. So that's something we will be working on now with more and more embedded insurance partnerships. Yeah. Um, and uh, like we like we talked about, we have a pretty efficient product. So the product is uh, profitable. Mm -hmm. and it's also very efficient. So 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 utilities is in a great place that way. Mm -hmm. uh, when just scaling up the efficient or the, the distribution in a, in a decent with a decent customer acquisition cost. Okay. Because uh, we have seen that companies have paid like yeah, many thousands for. For a customer, for so, customer, yeah. and uh, it's it's getting harder and harder to to defend that uh, with the unit unit economics the way it is. So. Right. Okay, and then let's just uh, to close the conversation. Um, what what would you expect the insurance industry to look like in 2030 once InsureTech has actually gone full mainstream? Yeah, so I think we will see a lot more transparency in the companies. And I think we will see uh, that companies are focusing more and more on technology, mm -hmm. and we will probably see a consolidation of of the insure tech space. Mm -hmm. Like now, now we have a lot of different insure techs in Europe. Yeah, and I think we will see that some of them grow, and some of them will start buying others. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, uh, I think like the traditional insure insurance companies and the incumbents. They have their portfolio, and that's that's like their, their the one, one thing that they have that the insurtex doesn't. Yeah. Um, so it will be really exciting to see the next next ten years to see how uh, how that will pan out with uh, the incumbents having all 
the recurring revenue and the insure techs having all the customer acquisition costs. Yeah. And and if and how many of the insure techs will be able to like go over that top where they start making enough money to to be in a great position because that's that's when they become a real threat to the incumbent. Mm. Yeah. When they have the portfolio of 500,000 customers or something like that and and uh, with a very efficient a uh, system for for handling claims and handling handling uh, customer relations, then it's going to be a problem for the incumbent companies. Yeah, indeed. Well, um, Eric, thank you so much for spending time with us today. I think it's uh, it's, it's really fascinating to hear not that you're not only innovated on the on the technology side through things like embedded uh, embedded insurance, etc., but on the product side, actually, how do you factor in the the risk and the and, and the pricing for the products. That's a, that's a really, it's, it's a really compelling, uh, innovative idea. So thanks so much for sharing that with us. Yeah, cool. Thanks for inviting me.